Zen Parenting Radio. My name is Todd Adams. My name is Kathy Adams. And uh, we are talking about two major themes today. First one is your interview on WGN Radio that yes. was on Saturday. Yes. That was about public nursing. Yes. And how there's crazy people that call oh, in to radio shows. I just said, I hope you don't say crazy people, and you just said that. And the other thing was there's been an ongoing battle royale between Zen Parenting Radio and Parenting Unplugged, and they talked about it on their show last week. And we are going to put the nail in the coffin and tell not them, but more Todd, why we're right. Because Laura has already jumped ship, and she is on our side. And in regarding the emotional vomit versus, versus the ang- angry jar. So what I, would, what I would like you to do is, in, a, in the concisest way possible, talk about the differences between... And it, this was not scheduled to be a battle. We just kind of turned it into a battle. And can we, in the word battle, that's totally you yeah. and Todd. Yeah, let's because use war. Because it's not a battle. It's a war. This is a discussion, and it was, it's such a great one, meaning we, you know, we started this discussion in regard, no, they started they it. Started they started They talked about the anger jar, and we were not even thinking about that, but we started talking about emotional vomit because I wrote that um, blog about it. And then we on our show realized the connection between right. the two. You did, yeah. I think, that they're kind of different things. And then they went back on and they talked about it. And so you should listen to that show. So Parenting Unplugged. Last week and then I think like two two or three weeks ago. There's actually two shows they did on it. And But and the Angry Jar was basically a jar that you'd have to put money in if you lost your anger. If You, lo- you said that lost your anger oh, again. If you gained your anger. <laughs> Where did my anger go? I lost it. I lost so it. So if you get angry, you put money in the jar. And our um, you know, response, even though it wasn't planned that way, was we got to let our kids be angry and be sad and let them get it out. Right. Let them release um, what they're feeling and not make it something they're trying to squash. We don't or, want to negatively reinforce. Right. Negatively reinforce not feeling it. Right. Because it, the truth is, no matter what you do, anger comes up. No matter how zen you are, because this is zen parenting, no matter how um, you know how much meditation you do, whatever it may be, even Eckhart Tolle said on one of the podcasts that we listened to that he, he feels egoless, mm-hmm. but that he saw like animals being tortured once and anger yeah. came up in him. Right. And so the reason I'm using that is some people think, oh, you know, no, you know, there are certain people who don't feel, feel anger. Even Eckhart Tolle said, I feel ang- I felt anger, but it's what you do with it mm-hmm. that is the key. And if your decision is, okay, I'm feeling anger, I shouldn't be feeling this way, and trying to stuff it, then it's going to go somewhere else and turn into something else. And again, I've said this on the show before, but it's super important. Emotions, emotion, is energy in motion. So when that energy comes up, you have to figure out how to release it, talk about it, deal with it, whatever. And breathe through it. You know, the tools are limitless. There is not just one thing. But if you decide, I shouldn't feel this way, then shame comes with it. And you squash it. And then, you know, so it's it's difficult because even though there's many places where I totally agree with Todd. um, Well, I don't agree with Todd in those places. (laughs) We just listened to it one more time before recording this show. And I literally have a full page of notes of how wrong Todd was. So God bless. We love you, Todd. God bless Todd Mansfield because he makes it very easy to disagree with him. (laughs) And God help Laura. That's all I got to say. So oh, I love um, their discussion. So, like, I was literally a judge. I, I pr- pictured myself as being the judge of a boxing match between Laura and Todd because at the beginning of the show, Laura jumped on our side. The em- yeah. emotional vomit is the way to go. She agreed with she that agreed that was a better us. choice, right? So I literally took these notes and, you know, 
there's a good hit for Laura, good hit for Laura. Like Laura kept like putting in these really good points, right. and Todd kept on saying things I disagreed with. So can we start with just to give Todd some props here? Can we start with the thing that he was on target with? The one thing that I thought he was on target with because Todd Mansfield um, agrees that he has sometimes he gets angry and right. he loses his temper. And the one thing that I agree with Todd was, as long as we're going to therapize, 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 <laughs> instead of size, um, that Laura calls him out when he's angry, and that's right. silly. Right. Oh, you think that's silly? Yeah. I mean, I think you. He's getting it out, oh. and then she's like, and then she's like, we well, got to put money in the angry jar. Right. And when he's, he doesn't want to hear that when he's angry. After the fact, oh. after the dust settles, then Laura should say something. But when he's in it, he's just, she's just agitating him. Yes. She's making it worse. So I see what you're saying. And we can kind of take note of that, not only with them, but with our kids, is when they are in the midst of it, it. prodding them or saying, how you feel, how you feel, how you feel, may not be the best choice. Mm -hmm. Because, and you're similar to that. And I guess I am too. I'm trying to think, you know, even if it's... Nobody wants to be called out when they're in the middle of... And Todd's words were, when I get angry, I go black. You know, it just Mm. goes black. So you, you can't teach somebody... When they're in the midst of, you know, big emotional releases. Because if you do, if you start to say, you know, you're feeling angry or start to... Now, with little... But here the thing is, Todd, with little kids, sometimes they don't know what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have a word for it or they don't have language for it. So with adults, I think it's different because Todd is very... He's a grown man. He's clear that he's having anger. He's just in that black moment. Where with kids, sometimes they're stomping around doing things and to say to them it looks like you're really angry, that may not push buttons or trigger as much as it does adults because they didn't have language for it before. I remember as a kid, and this is just me, but when someone would normalize something for me or give me a word for it, for it, I would have such relief. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is normal. Right. Or, oh, oh, that's what it is. And it gave me a sense of owning it and understanding it and not being afraid of it because feeling anger in your body doesn't really feel good. No, it doesn't. And That's it can why be you got to get it out, right? Exactly. And it can be scary. So to have somebody give you a word for it and to normalize it and validate it. See, and the difference is a word normalizing, validating versus Put, shaming, yeah. stop it. Right. Um, you shouldn't feel that because way. Because when Laura said, you know, better put money in the angry jar, that's her way of saying, you know, shaming, stop it, all that. Or that's the way that Todd is perceiving it. Right. She was, I don't think her intention was, I'm going to shame you. No. But that's the way so. it's being perceived. So regardless, right. it's, you know, you got to hear Todd on that one. Right. Because he's saying, even if that's not your intention, here's what I'm feeling. Right. So that's where that and needs to be. And then props off to both of them because they are so open and honest. Yeah, I love their discussions. Um, So anyways, so that was uh, the one point I wanted to make. And the other point that was, uh, you know, for both sides and for you and I, for this matter, it's not just Laura and Todd, but sometimes we don't parent exactly the same ways. Right. Meaning that one thing that they said on the show, what Laura said, you know, she parents from a much more emotional standpoint, as as do I, um, focusing on emotions. How are you feeling? You know, how can I help you release? What tools? And Todd said, that's not really how I relate to the boys. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Meaning that you got to go to your personality. And even though you have to be on board with, with the basics, mm-hmm. you know, like what, how are we parenting in terms of what's our end result here or what's our process? We may have different ways of getting there. I agree. I mean, you don't want two identical parents dealing with it in the exact same way. Right. We need to incorporate our own way of dealing with things. Playing to our skills. 
But having said that, the one exception or maybe the multiple exceptions I'll make is that there's certain times, and I don't know if this is talking about the same circumstance or not, but there will be times when JC will ask us for, oh, can I go on a play date? And I'll say no. Mm -hmm. And then even though you want JC out of the house, but I already said no. Okay. Has this ever happened? No, I'm making up Oh, you're up making it up. I was going to say, I don't remember this. My point is, if you go ahead and say yes after I said no. Oh, yeah. Even if it's something that you wish... You you wish JC could go on a plate, or then we have a we have a discussion about it. But a lot of times, the kid will pit one parent versus the other. Okay, and that is not something that we accept in this family. Well, because that is the parents not being a team and not being on the same page. Exactly. But it is very different to make different choices on how you reach your kids. Correct. Where I may sit down and say, you know, I let's hug, let's, you know, tell me about how you're feeling. You may come up and rub them on the back and say, is there anything I can do to help? Right. You know, and which is a totally different take, but we're still on the same page about their feelings are important. Right. You know, and so... You know, anyway, I just think that sometimes it's really great to play to your strengths. You know, one thing I say a lot of presentations is you've got a parent from your personality. Yep. If you're role playing or if you are doing and saying things that your mom used to say or that you think you should say or that ways you think you're supposed to act, it's really inauthentic. Your kids can feel it. And then you don't enjoy parenting. You want them out of your sight so you can be yourself again. Right. You know, I think that's something we don't realize is a lot of times the reason we want to be away from our kids is we feel like we can't be ourselves with our kids. Mm-hmm. And one, I mean, if there's a huge piece of advice I could give is let your kids know who you are. Mm-hmm. We, You and I actually just had this talk because <laughs> I don't want to get into that long story right now, but about, you know, the, the girls were calling me out on not playing certain yeah. games with them and stuff. And I, you know, it made me sad and it bummed me out. But the truth is I really want my girls to know me. Right. And if I do, if they're like, well, we want to do this and so you should want to do it too, I do every once in a while. Sure. It's not like I'm like, no, I will not. But I'm not their dad. Mm-hmm. I'm not. But also their dad is not me. Right. And I have my strengths and he has his. And so to be like, I am not good enough simply because my kids think I should be playing Uno more, mm-hmm. it's just, it's ridiculous. It's it's full of guilt It's it, and it's not who I am. If they want to dance in the kitchen, I'm there. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to go read a book, I'm there. But I don't want to do this, and I want them to know who I am. Right. Am I saying that in a way that's understood? Yeah, and I think it's a balance between the two. There are certain things that don't come as easily to me that I will, on occasion, step outside of my normal personality and do it, like dance in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And your, you know, thing that doesn't come as naturally to you is to play board games or to play people on the floor with the castle and everything right. else. So it's not that you don't ever do those things. No, but, I do do it. But you used to guilt yourself into doing it and that was such an unhealthy thing well for them and for me because then i was having a bad time and they were resentful and they're like no you're doing the prince wrong no you're doing this wrong and i didn't even want to be there doing it and so i would much rather you know again parent to your personality and a lot of parents when i say this at presentations they say but i don't want to do any of it right well you got to dig deep and figure out what things you do love to do and find those things we can't just throw it out you know we, we can't have kids and say you know, I'm going to throw it all up right. in the air. Right. Um, you know, so anyway. So I want to talk a little bit about boys versus girls. Um, that was part of the discussion on last week's Parenting Unplugged show. But before I do that, I do want to talk about our partner, uh, uh, Tree of Life uh, Chiropractic Care. Yes. And they are located here in Elmhurst. And on they, Spring Road. On Spring Road. And they're offering something, if you mentioned Zen Parenting, which is uh, free scans. And a scan is just a way of uh, Dr. Kelly seeing how you're doing with 
you know, I don't know, your backbone or your Well, nerves. yeah, she just sees where the issues are through a scan. And so if you're having issues, sometimes she can notice where it's coming from. And the girls love to get scans. And it's, gen <laughs> it's gentle and safe. There's no it radiation, is, right? anything like that. And then the other thing I want to talk about them is that they do a lot of questions. I've uh, A lot of people have been asking me, well, what about insurance and all that? They carry most insurance carriers, uh -huh. but she also works with people with and without insurance, um, deductible, no deductible. She basically cares enough about the patient to be able to work something out. She makes care accessible. Yes. So if you, you know, and I don't know if they do payment plans. Does she do payment plans? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So not only does she work with most insurance, but she'll do payment plans. She'll work with you on what works best for your lifestyle. So like Todd said, we had a few people on Facebook and a few comments from people we've seen who said, well, my insurance doesn't take it. So it's off the list mm -hmm. of things that I can do. And you look into it. Yeah. And again, if you're not from Elmhurst or Chicago and you're somewhere else, go talk to a chiropractor and see what they offer because, you know, most practitioners of any kind mm -hmm. want to give people, you know, the service and so they'll figure a way. So if you're sick of being sick, go try. see Dr. Kelly. Go see Dr. Kelly. So here's the deal. In within the um Parenting Unplugged, um Todd was worried about raising he's got two boys. Right. And making them wusses because they might say, oh, you know. Well, he, because they're talking about their feelings all the talking time. Talking about their feelings right. all the time. And he was projecting in the future that if something were to happen on the baseball field or the soccer field, that he that the kid would cry and or say, or say hey, hurt my that really hurt my feelings <laughs> when you slid into me at second base. And he's worried. And I think that's a typical dad worry. Oh, for sure. So I, I have a lot of different reactions to that. One is... If that's the worst thing that were to happen, let's mm -hmm. say that that happened. Let's say the kid started crying because he's in fourth grade or whatever. I'm just mm -hmm. making something up. And he started crying or he start, He said, hey, that really hurt my feelings. Um, that's really not the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't, it, in most cases, it wouldn't happen because the thing that you and I talked about was that kids are smart. You know, they feel peer pressure. Well, and I think the thing that is often not taken into consideration when we're dealing with our young kid is we give them the nurturing they need. We help them through. Like another thing Todd and Laura were talking about was Todd said, you know, when he's feeling his feelings and you sit there with him and hug him while he's getting it out, what good does that do? What does that teach him? Because you're not going to always be around. And the piece we have to remember is we're teaching our kids early on and we're helping them soothe, but then it teaches them how to self-soothe. They integrate that feeling that they have with the parent and then they're able to do it on their own. And so we are not, when we're doing things with them when they're young, you know, like I, the example that I was thinking of is like, I used to carry Cameron up and down stairs, okay, when she was young, even up to four. Mm -hmm. She always liked to be carried. And now she's seven years old and I don't have to carry her anymore. Right. Just at the time, it gave her a sense of safety. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, we do half and half. You know, we kind of played with it. But my point is, is I am not in that moment teaching her that I will always carry her up and down the stairs, but I'm supporting her at that point in her life where she is that I will support you here. But now she can do it because she's integrated her sense of safety right. when it comes to stairs. So a lot of times I think we fear, well, I'm going to say this to my child or do this to my child or not do this so I don't teach them that I'm always going to be around. Right. And that is what I call parenting from the future. Right. You are projecting on what w could it be like so I'm going to hold back mm -hmm. so this doesn't happen. So you're not present. You're not there in that moment. What do they need right that second? In most cases with young kids, and I know uh, the Mansfield's kids are young and ours are too, they need you to hold them right. because they don't have that sense of security yet. When you get older, 
sometimes you know, like you, if you're gonna, if you're sad, you'd prefer to go be by yourself. Right. You don't even want to be right. held. You know caveman. what I mean? Caveman, which maybe is all guys. I don't know. Well, the one thing I will say is, regardless, like let's say something were to happen to you know our fifth grader at school, right, right. and they get their feelings hurt. And but the the thing that I want to make sure of is that they know that when they get home in mm, this house, yeah. that there's a safe place to go and, and to, to release, release yeah. whether it's in their bedroom by themselves or if it's releasing to their mom or their dad or their sister or their brother. So things are going to happen during the day when we're not there. Right. And that's obvious. That's that's the real world. But if we can convey that there is safety somewhere, right? So maybe they will stuff it down, yeah. for a few hours. And you know what, Todd, I was just thinking, you know, not only do kids who are young stuff it down and hold it, babies in daycare, babies, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about before peer pressure is an issue, will be a certain way at daycare, meaning they won't cry or they'll be pretty low key and, you know, pretty agreeable. And the mom or dad comes to pick them up and they lose it Mm -hmm. because they know that is their safe place. So even babies have that sense of this is not my safe haven. So I'm not going to release all my emotion here. Maybe some of it, but when I see mom and dad, whoa, that is where I know that there's unconditional love. And so when we worry about our children, growing up and you know thinking that oh well they cry at home they're going to go to school and cry it could happen Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not saying that's bad or good but majority of the time there's so much peer issues going on where they want to keep it together and maintain that sense of you know groundedness and act as if nothing bothers them Mm -hmm. that they can't do that around friends or people well and the craziest part about the story you just said is that their brain is not developed to understand peer pressure since uh, similar to what you just said but there's like an energy. There's a feeling they have. Yes. It's not their brain. It's their hearts, their yes. energy, whatever it is, that knows that when they get home, they can lose it. Exactly. And that carries on as they develop. I mean, when they're in fifth grade or in high school or whatever, and they will act one way in front of their right. peers. But when they get home, hopefully they will have an opportunity to release whatever's right. holding it in. And they may even say a sixth grader may come home, seventh grader, eighth grader, sophomore in high school doesn't matter, and say, can I lay with you mm-hmm. because I'm really sad? And and by laying with them or hugging them, it's not teaching them that I may not always be around. You better do this on your own. Mm-hmm. I need that from you sometimes, and right. I'm a grown woman. Right. You know, and the gift, uh, I was just having this conversation with someone the other day about as adults, I'm kind of switching gears sure. here, but as adults... The greatest gift we can give each other is allowing for emotion. Mm -hmm. One thing we do as adults, and we do this with our kids too, is an emotion will come up in someone across from us that we're talking to and they'll cry or they'll be angry and we're so uncomfortable with it that we'll take, we'll, we'll shut it down somehow. Like, oh, don't be sad. Don't think about all the things you have. Be grateful. Don't worry about that. Move on. And it's not because what they're doing is wrong. It's because we're uncomfortable with seeing them emotional. Mm-hmm. We're uncomfortable with that, that energy that has shifted that. And, and so when you are with someone who allows you to release, um, like I was telling you, I was with a, a dad the other day who started crying, mm-hmm. and he felt so embarrassed. Mm. And I, I, first of all, I said, this is what I do for a living. I'm with crying people all the time. And you, there is nothing to fear here. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, you know, and I didn't have to go into it. He understood. But I don't perceive you any differently. You don't need to change. You don't need to suck it up. And what a gift, you know. You do that for me. Right. And a lot of my friends do that for me. And what a gift to be able to be yourself in front of somebody. Well, and you wanted to talk about this. Um there was uh, we've been watching a lot of football because it's championship uh, championship championship Sunday last Sunday, but the week before there was a player named yeah. Vernon Davis 
who's a tight end for the 49ers, and when he was playing the Saints, he scored two touchdowns and had a really, really awesome game. And it was like a, a an amazing catch. At, like, a, at an amazing time. At an amazing time. It was one of those TV moments. Right. You know, It was one of those things that will always be the highlight reel of his career. So he took off his helmet after he scored the touchdown, and he was bawling. He was crying, he and was, it was beautiful. Right. And, I, you know, I kind of admire that, and you listen to some of my sports Well, and he radio. went and ran and hugged his coach, yeah, Jim and his Harbaugh. coach started talking in his ear, and you could tell it was beautiful things he was saying. I mean, he could have been swearing, but in a loving, like, you, you yeah, rock. you know it was something You know good. it was something like and you. you want to know what he was saying. I did. I wanted to slow it down and see the words that he was saying to him, but his coach was hugging him. It was so beautiful, and I found it so endearing. And then I go, I listen, Todd's always got the... the <clears throat> the radio in our cartoon to sports radio and I'm listening to sports radio and they're ripping him apart yeah. and saying that he's a wuss they're, that's not the word they're he used. calling him the p word they were calling him the p word and they were saying that's not what you do in football what was that all about why was he crying anyway and that then leads to what Laura was saying about we do need more essential feminine yeah. in our men because can you not understand why that man would be crying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would. Well, oh, that's not a good example. Right. Of course you would. But you're not a tight end. I know. You don't I see know. that very often. But you don't see it. But how is that bad? I mm-hmm. thought that was such a great role model mm-hmm. for kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, All right. So this is what I want to do. Um, let's talk about our other two partners. Uh, Poofin, the pillow that we love, the conscious pillow con- for conscious kids with conscious parents. Yep. Um, and you buy, you know, it's a... As you guys know, it's a pillow. You put charms in it. It's fantastic. Poofin.com. They actually have a coupon code right now, winter2012. So put that in, and that'll give you a Zen Parenting discount. If you have a birthday coming up, uh, get on Poofin.com. And then Avid Co., um, as you guys know, they built our house. They did a fantastic job. They also do painting, remodeling, anything you can think of in your home. This is the time. You know, when you're stuck in your house, you want some things changed. And so avidco.net, we highly recommend them. You'll love them. A-V-I-D-C-O.net. Give them a call. Um, so Les, we haven't talked about your blog or your radio show. Oh yeah. Well, so is there anything you want to wrap up regarding, um, how Todd Mansfield needs to work on some (laughs) some things? No, you know what? I think the final thing that I would want to say that is about emotional intelligence. It's not focused on enough with our kids. Mm -hmm. And even though I understand all of his concerns and I respect them and I understand all the concerns that parents have about, I want to raise my sons this way, or I don't want them to be a wuss or or girls for that matter. I want them to be strong Mm -hmm. and Emotional intelligence and understanding your emotions does not make you a wuss. Right. Releasing makes you it makes you stronger because your response to people is not based on your unfelt dealt with emotions. You deal with people then on a much more grounded level because you are clear about who you are and what's going on. And again, that sounds too simple, I know, wrapping it up that way, but emotional intelligence is the key to all things. You can be great and so smart and get a job that's amazing but if you don't get along with people and you don't understand how to deal with people and you let your emotions get the best of you because you don't know how to handle them you're not going to keep that job here here okay well done thank you so wgn i i go on wgn about once a month um to be on bill Mahler's show and he's become a really good friend he's really good to me and um this month he and i decided to talk about nursing in public um, because there was a sit-in at Target uh, last month or a couple months ago and there was a big nurse in in um, DeKalb, Illinois where I'm from and we talked about that on the show this summer and basically what people are saying, what nursing women are saying now is you've got to understand that it's legal to nurse and it's not indecent and we got to quit being uncomfortable with it. We have to start seeing it clearly. And so I, you know, I talked about it on the show and, and then we, about three people called in 
And I think I was very surprised by the callers and what they had to say. I don't know how you kept it together. I would have started laughing. Well, I think that's one really great thing about having that opportunity to talk to people who are really challenged by the idea of women who nurse and to talk to them in a respectful way where they can hear it differently. Because if I laughed at them or was unkind, which I wouldn't do anyway, but if that was my choice, then they've already they've solidified their thing. You know, they've decided that I'm a jerk. Out of the three callers, the one that was the most outlandish was the woman who was afraid that if you nurse in public, you will activate the pedophiles that are out there <laughs> who might end up doing something bad. Yes, she was very afraid of the pedophiles, and she said that's the way our world is now and you might stimulate them and then that's a bad thing so don't do that but yet when you turn on the tv or you look at a billboard and there's boobs everywhere that right. that doesn't stimulate right. so anyway yeah and that's and that's the thing that's that's difficult it's because the interview with bill was only about four or five minutes long i wrote a blog that is going to be on our zen parenting uh page i'm posted on our facebook page too but you can go to zenparentingradio.com and see this blog just about basically what i was trying to say trying to encapsulate everything that i was trying to say and please know ladies that for those of you who were unable to nurse or chose to not nurse or had difficulty nursing, this is not a criticism of you at all. Because I've had a few people comment to me um, on Facebook and then um, other emails about, well, I didn't, I couldn't nurse, and people don't understand how difficult that is. That's a totally different story, and I hear you, mm-hmm. and I understand. And this is not a criticism of oh, you should only nurse. This is if you choose to nurse, here are your rights. That's it. So I'm not trying to get into the dialogue regarding, you know, which you do. It's the, if you choose to nurse, here's why it's a good thing, and here's why we should support women who do. So I just wanted to be clear about that. But anyway, it'll be on our blog, and um, and we'll also post the radio show so they can hear it. Well, and then the other caller lady said, well, why don't you just pump into a bottle and then bring the, bottles. Bring the bottle? And, you know, even though it's not something... She said pump at home. Pump at home, bring, bring the, the bottles. bottles. And your response was good. There's skin-to-skin value and, you know... The bonding part. There's a bonding part. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you guys, you nursing mothers are, you know, every two or three hours, depending on how old the child is, you don't have time for it. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to add a whole nother step? Well, and I think that's the piece is that it sounds good in theory. And, and there were times that I pumped and had mm-hmm. to take bottles for that matter. But... It's actually my third child wouldn't take a bottle, so right. I had to nurse exclusively for right. over a year until she was on a cup or whenever that was. Maybe it was nine months, but regardless, sometimes that's not an option. And also, if we are out and about for a day, mm-hmm. which we should be with our kids, it's good for us, it's good for them. You don't, you don't always have that much to bring, and you get engorged, right. and you have to nurse. And and why are we doing all this? back and forth of it it just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and the child is used to it the way that they want to nurse is be on you be close to you that's what's comfortable for them a lot of times they fight the bottle as Mm -hmm. we experienced and you know we don't need to get into the detail of it just understand what you're asking women to do in that situation for basically what people are saying is for my comfort please pump at home so i don't have to watch you right and and we know that that's that's what the article i wrote on the web page is about is why are we uncomfortable mm-hmm. with women nursing when we know it's the best thing for babies and um i kind of get on a soapbox about it but we know it we know that nursing is the best thing for that baby as far as you know their development their brain development their nutrition the nourishment of you know the nurturing we know these things yet we still can't put two and two together and say well if that's the case then let's support mamas who nurse instead we say well yeah it's all well and good but do it in the comfort of your own own home stay home or pump and 
we got, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's as big as an issue as it used to be. Um, but what happened on WGN is the callers who called in, it gave me an indication of what, what people, people actually do think. think. What right. did the guy say? The guy said something He like, said what most people say. I don't have a problem with it, but you're disregarding what other people are feeling right. because they may not want to watch you. Right. People always say that. Not me. Right. I don't have a problem with it. but other, and, and while I understand that and respect that, I think most women, and Bill said, well, yeah, a lot of women just whip it out and show it. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, maybe that is the case. There may be some women who are defiant about it, but I don't know many of them. Right. I don't know any of them. Yeah. The women I know are very similar to myself and that we're just trying to feed our babies. Mm-hmm. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to show our bodies. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to do anything to disrespect you or make you uncomfortable. Well, your one answer, um, I don't know if it was in your blog or on the radio show, but you know, if somebody, if, a, if like a six-year-old sees a woman nursing her baby and that six-year-old says to her mom, well, what's happening there? Yeah, what is it? Because a lot of parents say to me, well, what if my child sees it? That's indecent. And the truth is, if your child sees someone nursing, you say to them, that's a mama feeding her baby. That's it. That's it. That's it. And it's and that's the thing about this generation and not teaching it as being indecent and accepting it because it is the best thing for our children. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to create this comfort, you know, and I also talked about how in different cultures and different countries, it's so normal mm-hmm. and because they know. Right. And so it's so typical to see a woman at a table, mm-hmm. you know, just start to nurse her child, maybe right. just with her shirt down or right. whatever. And there's nothing, people don't bad an eyelash you know they're like that's just what and so our our country's moving in baby steps and i respect that i'm not someone who thinks i need to charge it and hammer it through but i do want to keep talking about it so we can be more clear about why are we uncomfortable with it and is it because we've over sexualized the breast Mm -hmm. and that we can only see it as something sexual when really it's for the baby right it's for sexualization too right and that's great it can be both it can be both yeah let's open up our minds to both um, so you got 30 seconds. Talk about our presentations. Well, um, presentations, if you live in the Chicagoland area and you are interested in having a parenting presentation in your home, I am happy to come out and do a presentation for a group of moms. Todd and I are happy to come out and do a presentation for couples or for moms or dads. Or, you know, it, it can be couples or whatever. Um, and, you know, we love doing it. I think it's probably the core of what we do is being with people, you know, and talking through issues more uh, in a group setting. So uh, go to my website, kathycadams.com or email email me email um you could actually do comments at zenparentingradio.com comments at zenparentingradio.com so and we'll set something up so we'll see you next week this is todd adams and this is kathy adams farewell